Hey everybody, welcome to the Mission District Podcast, episode three. Uh, I need to start with a little confession. I kind of catfished you all um, into being here. I promised we were going to play Poor Decisions, where I got drunk, and then we talked about shit, and that was the intention I actually recorded yesterday. I bought me some Jose Cuervo tequila, uh, had a couple tequila shots, had a couple tequila and orange juice cocktails, and so I was I was quite lit, uh, but, but it was an awful show. Like, it was really, really extra terrible. Um, I was, it was just worse than usual just because I kept losing my place and there was a lot of ums, a lot of uhs, and I was just, I was a mess. I probably shouldn't have started so hard. We should have probably gradually built our way up to that, um, but you live and you learn, and we're here now. So I do want to uh, do the Poor Decisions episode. I think I'm going to wait until I have a co-host so we can kind of bounce off of each other. Um, I've been actually talking to my friend, Joel, and he kind of wants to talk about the Portland housing crisis, and I think it ties into a lot of San Francisco housing crises and what's causing it, what we can do, something he's really passionate about and well-informed on. So I thought it would be fun to have him on. We could drink, shoot the shit. I can ask him some questions and we can just uh, do more of a back and forth rather than just me getting drunk alone and talking to all of you. For some reason, that sounds way more pathetic. Uh, So I apologize that this is not as advertised, but it's still going to be a good show. Uh, So keep listening, hopefully. Uh, I wanted to start off by saying uh, I'm back in Portland, been here for three weeks now, and I fuck, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be back. Loved being in California. Loved seeing my family and my friends, and it was so good to be home. Uh, but being back has been wonderful. Uh, everything's going well. Started my new job, which is why I've been a little delayed with these podcasts. Um, trying to hold myself accountable. Honestly, I'm probably not even going to edit this one because I'm recording it in my car. Um, I have roommates now and I feel like an asshole recording at home if they're home. Um, they probably already think I'm weird and I just don't want them to like think I'm narcissistic and weird. Like you can really only be one of those things. So, uh, here we are. This is our first mobile podcast. Hopefully it goes well. Uh, I wanted to start off by saying, uh, happy bye week. It is bye week. According to Twitter, I get all of my information on national, informal national holidays from Twitter. Oh, the rain's falling. Can you hear it? It's so pretty. Anyways, uh, bye week. It's bye week. So a lot of you are, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people know that I uh, am bisexual. I don't talk about it very often. I'm not sure if it's some kind of repressed religious guilt or uh, from growing up as a Jehovah's Witness or just, you know, for whatever reason, that's part of my life that I keep just a little more private. Uh, friends know, family knows significant others know. Um, so it's definitely not a secret. I just, for some reason, don't talk about it as much as I could and probably should. Uh, but it is bi-week. I don't know about a lot of you out there, but I personally struggled quite a bit growing up in such a devoutly religious household. Uh, my dad was an elder, which would be considered like a pastor in a normal church. And, uh, my parents were also very homophobic. Now they would never say that, but trust me, they were very uh, homophobic. They're not now. Oh my God, the rain's so loud. Ah, I love the rain. I don't know if you know me well enough, but I'm obsessed with this weather. Anyways, uh, they were very homophobic. They're not now. 
They have grown so much over the last few years. They are very woke and warm and accepting of all lifestyles, thank God. Um, So they're definitely not those people anymore. I'm very appreciative of it. Uh, But it was really difficult navigating my feelings and my hormones on my own with no one to talk to about it. Because I obviously, I couldn't talk to my friends, my my girlfriends, because they might assume I like them. You know, there's sleepovers, there's different things. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable or weird while I'm figuring it out. I would be at the gym and see girls with their tight pants, and I'm like, in my head, I was just like, oh, I'm just comparing. It's for comparative research to show me where I want my butt and my boobs to to get to. Um, And I grew up and realized it was not for research. It was uh, because... I'm bi. Uh, so anyways, it was just, it was a struggle. I dated a girl for the first time when I was 22. And then I came out to my mom uh, when I was 23, I think. It was shortly after. Um, and my mom's response was amazing, by the way. She responded perfectly. I can't repeat it because uh, it was a little inappropriate. But like, I, it was an ideal response. She was very supportive, barely batted an eyelash. Bat, bat an eyelash? Her eyelashes didn't move, um, and she was very supportive. I was lucky, and I love her even more for it. But the idea, and something I hear semi-often, is that being bisexual isn't hard. That coming out for for bisexual people isn't difficult. And I think that's furthest from the truth. That warm feeling of absolute terror that fills your body, just at the idea of holding hands with a girl in your hometown... What if someone sees you, you know, from the old religion or just people that you know that didn't know? Are they going to feel uncomfortable? Are they going to feel weird? Are they going to tell other people? Will everyone know? Are they going to? So it was just a lot of, a lot of worrying and anxiety and, uh, it was just hard. I won't, I won't say that coming out as bisexual is as difficult as coming out as homosexual. It's not. If we're in a heterosexual relationship we're passing and the world doesn't react, but, um, and we likely don't live our lives in fear that someone's going to hurt us or kill us. Uh, so that's something that homosexual people have to deal with. They have to deal with a lot. I would never take that away from them. Uh, but also coming into terms with your own sexuality, whatever it may be, can also be really difficult. And I think it deserves, um, respect as well. So all that just to say, uh, don't forget to support your bisexual allies, especially this week. We put the B in LGBTQ and we matter. A few reminders during bi week. First, men can be bisexual. That doesn't necessarily mean they're gay. Women can also be bisexual. That doesn't necessarily mean it's just a phase or they're curious or experimenting. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're a lesbian. You can be bi. A bi is a thing. Uh, bisexuality is not always 50-50 when it comes to attraction. That doesn't mean like I'm split down the middle, half of me loves women, half of me loves men. That's not always how it works. Um, I lean a little bit towards hot dog because I like me some hot dogs. Uh, but that might not be where someone else leans. They may lean a little more towards tacos. Like it, it depends. Everyone's different. Everyone's bisexuality is very individual. So just don't assume that it's a 50-50 automatic split because that's not necessarily the case. Uh, this one bugs me. This, this one, you can be bisexual and monogamous. Like, listen, hear me out. You can be bisexual and in a committed relationship. I 
I feel like this idea that if you are bi and you're in a relationship, you have some kind of repressed sexual desires that just need to be fulfilled. Um, and that might be true for some. Uh, it's not true for all. I don't think that's a universal feeling. And I hear that people who are bi are prone to cheating. Also not universal. Uh, I don't think being attracted to multiple genders means that you're going to cheat. I think cheating is a character flaw. It's more of like who you are as a person. And so like if you're gay, straight, or anything in between, I'm just going to assume you're trash if you cheat. That's all. All Any cheaters, trash. Don't care what your sexuality is. Um, I've personally never cheated in a relationship, so I can attest to the fact that that's not always hand in hand. Um, I love monogamy, so I just don't think... I don't think it relates. I don't know why people connect those two dots. Um, But for those relationships where they do need it and they need both and they have established that with their partner and their partner's comfortable with that, um, to be in something poly or open, that is completely up to them. Every To each their own. Uh, But it's not necessarily a prerequisite to being bi. Uh, Last but not least, and this is just mine that I added. Like, there was some on Twitter, but I added this. Just because we're bi doesn't mean you get a threesome. Sorry to put it all out there. Uh, But something that I run into, well, and not recently. I feel like I've dated really good quality men uh, recently. But, like, when I first became single, um... A couple years ago and I was, uh, you know, experimenting with uh, being bisexual for the first time, my first time with a girl, I had a lot of guys that as soon as they found out were just like, so we're going to have a threesome. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, I get it. It's hot. The idea of two girls together, very sexy. I'm not taking that away, but the assumption that you get a buy one, get one free deal is literally laughable. Like, this isn't fucking Burger King. You don't just get to have it your way. So, I'm sorry. Bye does not equal threesome. That is not the case. If it's the case for you, your girl's down, have fun. I'm sure it's going to be a blast, but that's not... Those don't go hand in hand. Do not ask. It's annoying. If they want one, I'm sure they'll suggest to you that they want one, and boom. You probably won't be able to please both of them anyway. (laughs) Um, Along the same lines of the LGBTQ... I don't know if you guys heard about the way the Associated Press, or maybe it's the Associated Press. I should have looked that up. Um, we're going to call it the Associated Press. Completely disrespected the hell out of Sam Smith. I don't know if you guys are a fan of Sam Smith. Uh, even if you're not, uh, this is still applicable to all people. Sam Smith now identifies as they and their and made a formal announcement over the weekend. This is their preferred pronouns. In the article, the Associated Press repeatedly referred to them as he and him. Now, there's a photo circulating Twitter, and it almost looks intentional, to be honest, uh, because I want to know how many laps this article went through before it got published, right? So most places, I assume, have like a, a hierarchy of people that proofread, and not one person looked at this and thought, hey, maybe... We should use the proper pronouns on an article about pronouns. Like, it's not, it's not some very specific, and it's visual. Like, I understand the verbal audibly trying to put these sentences together. I get it. But the, it's in print. It's literally in print. You guys look like idiots. Your editor looks like an idiot. Your writers look like idiots. Or it's just rude. You're just like blatantly don't care. 
Now, before you assume this episode doesn't apply to you uh, or try and turn it off because you're like, this doesn't matter. It does matter. It's super important because we all need to stay educated and be adaptable. Like the world is ever changing. Things are moving fast and it's, it can be really hard to keep up with, especially, um, the older generation that are used to a certain way. Uh, some are more stubborn and have a bad attitude about these things, um, about the spectrum and, uh, about pronouns. They've just, they're kind of bitchy about it. And I get it. It's a, it's a lot, but it's important. And it shows respect, general respect and love for your fellow human, uh, to care enough to try at least just try. Um, Preferred pronouns are a relatively new concept for me, personally. I just don't remember hearing much about it a few years back unless it was directly associated with those who are transgender. And even the term transgender, I think, is much more broad than it used to be. Being trans is no longer directly associated with gender reassignment surgery. Now you may elect to forego surgery entirely uh, and just live your life in the body you were given genetically while identifying uh, as the opposite gender. And that's when the pronouns really come into play because it's it's matter of how that person prefers to be addressed. Can you guys hear the jackhammer across the street? It's killing me. It's killing me. But it's mobile, so this is what this is what we're in for. Anyways, uh so it's just a matter of how that person prefers to be addressed. He, him, she, her. Then the newest identifier that has come into the ring is they them. And that one's usually associated with a more fluid preference um, or identifying uh, as both genders at one time. So I'll be the first to admit the pronoun thing can get some, uh, take some getting used to at first. Uh, You're basically reprogramming years of habit. And that's always tough. It's years and years of habit, especially with the pronoun they, them, because grammatically it can be tricky to form a sentence out loud. That's where I've been struggling is like I can I can write it out, but like saying it in certain contexts within a sentence, saying they them within certain contexts. Did you hear that burp? I'm sorry. It's a little difficult uh, just to put the sentence together and make sure it still makes sense. Uh, so my brain has I have brain farts every once in a while trying to do that. So I do understand it's a little it's a little tricky. It takes a little more time, a little more effort, but it is so appreciated. Um That's why I think it's important to stay educated out of just love and respect and the appreciation of those who are going through something and it takes a lot of bravery to come out that way Um, and you hope people receive it well. You know, that's all any of us want is to be accepted and received well for who we are. So it's very basic, I feel like. Um, I think it's also important to educate from a basis of, uh, not a basis, but a kind approach. I think a lot of times it's easy if we're upset or passionate about a topic to get angry about it when someone shows ignorance. Uh, And a lot of times we jump to the conclusion that it was intentional. Sometimes it might not be. It might just be actual ignorance. Um, An example of someone educating me in a kind way, I worked for a Beck's Furniture when I was 18 and I met this guy there and he was gay and he was amazing. Regardless of his sexuality, I just loved him. Um, He became a good friend there and he was honestly my first introduction to homosexual people because I was so, I was so sheltered. I came from this ultra religious, super sheltered lifestyle where there were definitely gay people in the church, but they were uh, in the closet because they couldn't be out. So 
was just my first time talking to somebody who was just of this lifestyle that was completely foreign to me, getting to ask questions and make mistakes. And that was something I don't think a lot of people are afforded in this time. Um, but I think if you are comfortable and you're near a good place with your sexuality, it's nice to be able to educate people. He was telling me a story once about his friend who was transgender. And uh, in the in middle of the story, I was asking a question and I stuttered and stumbled over what I was trying to ask. And I think I said he and then she and then I ended up saying it. And I know now that that is like a grossly disrespectful thing to call someone. And I didn't mean to. I just wasn't sure how to identify them. Um, and I panicked. And it was just like an, like a just, like a, it was bad. It was bad. And his response is like, babe, you can't say it. Like, she, she, X, Y, Z. And he said it very kindly and understood. And I made a conscious effort to speak about that person with their preferred pronouns. That was my first experience with it. I got lucky that I said something stupid in front of someone who was kind because I could have backlash, especially in the age of social media where someone could hear that and then post it on Twitter or post it on Instagram. And before you know it, you're viral and you know, you made a mistake. People make mistakes. Um, people come from very different backgrounds and need to be educated on it. So I, I just want, and I also think it's important that this experience allowed me to kindly educate others. My first example was, or my only example, my dad and my ex-boyfriend and I were grabbing coffee a while back. This was a a while back in California. And uh, the topic of transgender people came up. And because my dad, I think something, he he knew someone or met someone who was transgender. And uh, in the middle of the conversation, he stumbled and stuttered, just like I did. And he said, it. Like, literally, this was like a mirror looking into myself in... That was my dad. Like, this is literally how I sounded when I said it. And uh, he's older. He comes from a different time. Like, it's a little, you know. So it was just, and my dad's a good person. He's not a bad person. He's not, like I said, he's very accepting, warm, loving. My parents are good um, when it comes to different lifestyles. He made a mistake. And so uh, I took that opportunity to be like, oh, honey, no. Like, all right, old timer. You can't say that anymore. You have to call them by their preferred pronoun. And I remember him saying, like, well, what if I'm not sure what it is? And I was like, well, you can ask them or you can just use their name. And he was understanding. It was very simple, just like he didn't know the thing. So you talk to him about the thing and now he knows the thing. And hopefully he makes better choices so he doesn't make our whole family look ignorant. (laughs) Um, But it's just something that you don't know until you know, right? This is all new for a lot of us, and you don't know until someone tells you, and hopefully you come from an area of compassion and understanding, and you're willing to make those adjustments. Uh, So anyways, that's just where I stand on it. The Associated Press must have gotten so much heat for this, uh, because it appears they revised the entire article since then. Uh, They use the correct pronouns the last time I looked it up, so... Sam Smith is being correctly identified, um, and I just, it's things like that just to keep in mind, you know? It's just, we're all trying, we're all learning, we're all growing, just be kind, be understanding, um, and don't do it again, 
you get one opportunity. One shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes with a lifetime. That was terrible. <laughs> oh, no. The person next to me just drove away like I was having a seizure. Uh, let's see where we're at on this thing. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, we're still recording. Cool. Uh, this new app is delightful. <laughs> I might use this always. Okay, let's see if my phone stays here. Uh, the last thing I wanted to cover uh, was Michael's Bakery. All right, this kid. The theme of this entire portion of the show is be like Mike. Like, do you guys remember uh, the movie Like Mike? It was around... Uh, 2000, 2002, there was Little Bow Wow and he was trying to be like Michael Jordan. Uh, that's this. That's what this is. This is that. Except we, the people, are Little Bow Wow. Lil, Lil Bow Wow. And Michael Platt is Jordan. And we're Dunkin' Cupcakes. Like, listen up. This kid is what every kid should aspire to be. It's He's what every adult should aspire to be. We should be Michael. We should all be like Mike. Basically... He's 13 years old. He started his own bakery in uh, Bowie, Maryland, or Bowie, Bowie. And not only has he created this business for himself, but he uses it to give back to the homeless. Y'all know how I feel about community and trying to do good things for the world. And if that wasn't cool enough, he also chooses historical figures each month to base a cupcake flavor off of. And that flavor represents that person. And then he'll go and tell their story on Instagram. He calls these his freedom fighter cupcakes. Uh, some examples are Maya Angelou, who gets a banana pudding cupcake because she loves that dessert, or she loved that dessert. Harriet Tubman, whose cupcake is mint chocolate because her nickname was Minty. Nelson Mandela gets a classic chocolate cupcake because Michael likes to shape the dark frosting to resemble Mandela's hair. And MLK, rightfully, gets two months dedicated to him. His cupcake is stuffed with sweet potato pie filling because that's a traditional African-American pie. The article that I was looking at, I think it was in Washington Post, says at age 11, he founded a bakery that operates on the Tom's one-for-one one model. So for every cupcake, cake, or cookie that Michael sells, he donates another to the homeless and hungry. Twice a month, he heads to locations including domestic violence shelters, transitional housing, and McPherson Square in the district to pass out goodies. I just love this kid. This is the greatest kid in the world. Sometimes Michael bakes to raise money for hunger-fighting nonprofit groups, too. Uh, I guess he spent a morning recently teaching a baking class at a price point of like $30 per person, which like, go Michael, uh, at a William Sonoma in Annapolis, 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 Annapolis to raise money for no kid hungry. Michael calls his baking business Michael's desserts with no apostrophe. This is why he left out the apostrophe as a reminder that he is baking for others, not himself. What? Like, what kind of, where did this kid come from and how do you make more of them? He should teach a class on how to be a generally good human being. Um, but in all seriousness, good job to his parents. I really want to support him. I am, next time I get paid, I'm probably going to place an order. Uh, I don't know if they do it. Uh, if they're able to ship all the way to Portland, it's a little far. Um, so worst case, if I can donate in some way and they can give those cupcakes to the homeless. That'd be really cool because I just think we should support our youths hustling. So whether that's locally or in another state or in another country, whatever it, the case may be, I think it's really important to encourage our kids. Uh, he actually has a website and I checked it out. It was really good. I, it's designed very well. 
It's michaelsdesserts.com, www.michaelsdesserts.com. He also has an Instagram page, uh, which is also Michael's Desserts. So at Michael's Michael's Desserts. Um, that about wraps it up. I know this was a shorter episode. Um, I am really going to try and hold myself more accountable for these because I want to get better and I want to deliver more content and I want you guys to enjoy it and become a part of it. And to do that, I need to actually keep up with a schedule. And I think hold myself accountable to it. I have an accountability buddy who reaches out if I say I'm going to post and I don't post and I appreciate them so much because uh, it does hold me accountable to keeping my word so I can get just more used to more used to these and dish them out a little more frequently. Um, I also wanted to close out. So, oh, 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 oh. The next episode, hopefully, will be the one with Joel. We can talk about the Portland housing crisis a little bit, which would be nice. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about how to travel in your 20s. Um, It can also be applicable to your 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, It's just, it's not it's not including child expenses so this is my perspective as someone who does not have kids what's worked for me some tips and tricks things you might not think of um because for most of us i think traveling to europe or abroad seems completely out of our um out of our abilities to do it just sounds like a lot um and it seems like something only the rich and famous are able to do, but that's not true. You can as well. And I just want to give some perspective on things you could try if you were interested in it. If you would like to travel and that's something that intrigues you, I just know that traveling changed my fucking life. Uh, going to Iceland just opened up an entire world for me. Um, and it's one of the most fulfilling things I get to look forward to every year. So I just, I thought I'd cover that. Um, to close out the episode, I wanted to do the hashtag what's your mission because ugh, I want to be like Mike and I just volunteered uh, to f- help feed the homeless next Tuesday. So next Tuesday after work, um, I'm working with, I think it's through Hands On Greater Portland. I believe it's Hands On Greater Portland and it's the Union Gospel Mission that is uh, the one that's handling this event. It's Feeding the Homeless next Tuesday evening. Um, On the website for Hands On Greater Portland, they have uh, a calendar that shows you different volunteer opportunities in the area, the times, and how many volunteer slots are still open. Um, So if you're looking to do a good thing, I honestly might make this a regular habit for me because doing this once a week sounds kind of nice and uh or trying to shake it up and doing a different form of volunteering once a week um so that's what I'm going to try and do because Mike's helping the homeless I can help the homeless uh and so can you so if you're in Portland and interested in helping out producing some good karma for the universe uh you should check it out if you are in Sacramento or San Francisco or any other location you guys have nonprofit organizations that I'm sure do the same so just give it a google give it a Google. That's what I did today. I signed up. I am committed. This is happening. Um, so I'll probably be discussing that, um, on that podcast as well. And, oh, 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 my new accountability. We're going to record these podcasts once a week. That's what we're doing. Boom, boom, boom. Shell them out. Uh, and there, we're just going to, we're going to make it happen. We're going to get this going, create more content. I'm going to go wander the streets of Portland, get some more photography so we can just fill up the blog and the Instagram. It's going to be good. I feel a little a low energy today. So if this one was a little lackluster, um, I'll probably get it together next time. I feel like I've said that in all three episodes so far um, that I'm going to get it together. And at this point, I'm probably not going to get it together if that isn't abundantly clear. Um, 
but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's a lot of new stuff on the horizon and I just need to make time for it. But now I'm working again. Um, oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> Intense. Um, I'm hoping to look into graphic design courses soon because I really want to incorporate graphic design into the Mission District podcast brand. I know it's not really a brand yet because I'm just starting out, but eventually I'd love to build it into something. Um, And I think graphic design goes along with the whole creative content aspect of it. I am also open and looking to collaborate maybe with a couple brands. Um, As far as providing content, I can be photography content, content, written content, um, audio content, and hopefully soon graphic design. I'm willing to do the work for free as I'm building a, a portfolio for content creation. So if you are interested, if you are a brand or you know of a brand, I would love to work um, with one, something I believe in. There's coffee shops, there's product you know, brands. So if anyone's interested in some free work, I think I am decently good and I want to help uh, build my portfolio. So yeah, that's about it. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of the podcast. I know, again, I catfished you guys out. We're going to do poor decisions soon, and it'll be a lot better than whatever garbage it was going to be last night. It was, uh, yeah, no, trust me, this is better than better than you were going to get. All right, I love you guys. Uh, tune in next Monday, because that's when this next one's happening, and it's going to be available in the morning, which means I'm going to have to at least load it by Sunday. I'm just saying all this aloud, so I'm held, again, accountable. Uh, so I, I'll calendar it, and we'll make it happen. Um, and hopefully that's the one Joel is on. All right. Bye guys. See you next week.